Come on, Al. I mean, surely you've got something else from your football days to leave to your son? I do. I do. <laughs> My game ball. From the greatest day in anyone's lifetime, the day that I scored four touchdowns. Yeah. My game ball. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rock. Can I get a woman? Whoa! Oh, no Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Yeah, it's Wednesday. I, I was not going to show up because I I took a summer job at a shoe store. But uh, don't worry, it's just for the summer. Oh, my name is Al. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jamie. I have no need for a lost love with these three in my life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'm Dan Chase. No more Dancy, no more Spiny. And uh, I'm Jerry. And uh, you know what? Steve was pretty good. Oh, wow. Wow, what are you saying? Like, good on the show? Uh, good at everything. Okay. Well, we'll just leave it at that. Wasn't that your ex-husband? <laughs> Wasn't I dropped that- the ex-husband part. <laughs> just he's his ex, not his ex-husband. <laughs> uh, we are reviewing I Who Have Nothing, Season 6, Episode 13, Original air date, December 22, 1991. Almost Christmas. Almost. No Sam Kennison in this episode. <laughs> Al visits his old high school sweetheart and relives his football glory days. Special guest stars, Wendy Joe Sperber as Sandy Jorgensen, Karen Lynn Scott as Aunt Heather, Paul Sierra as lawyer. So here we are. The Bundys are back. Oh, welcome back, Jerry. It's nice to have you back. <laughs> I didn't even like address the fact that they're like, wait, why is there one more guy? Nobody's saying anything about it. Welcome back, man. How are you? You know, I'm pretty good. I uh, I had a concussion two days ago, so that's That's good. enough. So <laughs> the right. Bundy family comes back from a funeral. Oh, I'm just kidding. How do you, why did, what are you playing football? What do you mean you had a concussion? No, I've, 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 Fell, fell off a longboard and sprained my wrist and got a minor concussion. <laughs> Bro, you fell off the stool in the nudie bar the other night. Quit playing. <laughs> you know what, Dan? You and I were the only ones here. You said you wouldn't say anything. Jaeger bombs, yet, bro. Jager here you bombs. are. <laughs> yeah, I bombed all right. <laughs> what is uh, What happens when you have a concussion? Did you see stars? Is there anything that we should know that these guys go through every day? Did they every keep Sunday? you awake? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you just have to stay awake and make sure you uh, your nausea goes away and your vision comes back. And you lost your vision? Uh, you, like for a minor bit, like for a little bit, I couldn't really see. It. Everything was just too blurry, and I didn't. I thought uh, forty minutes was two hours. You know, stuff like that. So, what does that mean? Like your brain moved in your head or something, and it moved around in that fluid i mean i'm no scientist i'm sure if steve was here he could explain it to oh, us oh god uh, i'm sure 
because that was his forte. Well, you know, he probably has to deal with it being a forest ranger. People, you know, chasing Bigfoot, fall over, hit their head on a rock. He's got to deal with that kind of stuff. <laughs> when Jerry posted that the other day on social media, I said, ah, you'll be fine. Just take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Steve Steve probably does when he climbs up trees trying to steal eggs out of nests and stuff. <laughs> he might fall out of the tree and you never know. Al Bundy yearns for the good old days. Remember that cute little cheerleader I was just crazy about before I got drunk, woke up, married to you? But when he looks up an old flame... Do you like what you see? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been able to take it all in yet. He gets more than he bargained for. You know what I wanted. Oh, a huge McNugget? On an all-new Married with Children Tonight. Great family day. Yeah. Thanks for taking us with you, Al. Why don't we do this more often, Dad? Well, it's not every day an uncle dies and the coroner forgets to lock his house. <laughs> it teaches you a lot about human nature, though. I wouldn't have believed that kind of greed existed if I didn't see it with my own eyes. Those vultures, like your cousin Sheila, trying to take both of these TVs. <laughs> it's weird, like you would think... I don't know. If I was going through a house, I would steal things other than teeth and watches, right? Oh, yeah, well, Peggy well, and, and Kelly did. Yeah, yeah Peg I think... got those two TVs that... <laughs> right, the two you know, TVs. The other family member was going to be so selfish and take both of them, so she did. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, cousin Sheila. <laughs> I love how they weren't the only ones in the family doing that, though. Like, it wasn't just them. It, it wasn't. They, they the stated uh, Cousin Sheila tried to get the two TVs, and uh, Kelly ended up going and stealing from the living mistress. <laughs> yeah, uh, she steals from the person who's alive. That's how stupid she is. <laughs> well, no, she was smart because she said there was too many people looting the, de- the dead right. stuff, so she went to the living. Right. That's actually a smart move. I do see the logic, except for the fact that they will actually notice and the dead person won't. Right, and they come back and call them on it. (laughs) I remember when a friend of mine's grandmother died, they had this thing where they, like, they all the family went to the house, and I went with her. So the way they did it was the family was going through the house putting post-its on things that they wanted. (laughs) And if there was was more than one person that wanted something, then they would have to, like, battle it out, you know. Um, Fight to the death? That's something. (laughs) Well, Jamie, there's a goof here. Yes, but that's Jerry. He's welcome. Oh. oh. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> first of all, uh, you don't see me wearing a clapping hat, okay? <laughs> Come on, you goof. I actually, if you, if there's a certain goof that they have listed for this episode that isn't a goof. Why, did you check it out and it didn't happen? I, yes, I went and double-checked. Um, is the goof you're referring to when uh, the knock at the door happens and... Uh, Right after they leave, Peggy pulls out that uh, bag and dumps all the, like, silverware and stuff on the table. Right. They have it listed that there's a goof there that the table doesn't have the TVs on it. If you go back and watch, you can actually see Peggy. You see, like, one inch of the TV that Peggy moves off the table uh, in the very corner of the screen. Oh, wow. And this is not like the time that I clearly thought people... Didn't see Santa Claus. I, I double checked <laughs> to make sure I wouldn't sound dumb this time. <laughs> now, Jamie, tell us about the title of this episode. Oh, the title of this episode is most likely a reference to the song "I Who Have Nothing" <laughs> by Ben E. King. Right, well, that would make sense. Ben King, good. <laughs> Look what I got: gold tooth. <laughs> 
It's not really gold, honey. It's just yellow. In fact, we call it Bundy yellow. Show him, honey. Great. Now I have nothing. Well, cheer up, son. I hear Aunt Addie's real sick. You mean the one with the really nice lamp? Oh, I'd love to have that. Maybe for my birthday? Consider it done! (laughs) Hey, what'd you get, Daddy? The only thing I wanted, Pumpkin. That is, beside from Uncle Joe's mistress. (laughs) I got Uncle Joe's watch. Uncle Joe always wanted me to have this watch. He told me so the last time I saw him alive. I was uh, seven. I'll get that. I wish Uncle Joe had died before I spent twelve ninety five on this stupid watch. <laughs> so Anne Heather comes over, the widow, and she's now dating the lawyer. So that's not good news for anyone else. She knows that they took everything, so they're not very good at this. I mean, wasn't the whole thing that other people were supposed to be busy and the house was online? Yeah, they just didn't do this very good, and <clears throat> that's surprising from the Bundy clan. <laughs> You would think they're good at this stuff. Right. Now, you can find her nude online. And if I'm mistaken and it's not her, then you could look at some other hot chick named Karen Lynn Scott naked. Pretty hot, though, man. Hello, Aunt Heather. Um, We we missed you at the take. I I mean, at the wake. (laughs) We were so sorry to hear of his passing. Yes, your grief was evident as you tried to bite the ring off his finger. I was kissing his hand. I love the man, damn it. Well, keep your memories then and give me back everything you jackals looted. All belongs to me. Who says? My lawyer. Fork over the watch. Well, he wanted me to have this watch. I, he probably even said so in his will. Mm. He didn't have a will, so it all goes to me. Give me the watch. Look, you want this watch? You think you can get it? Well, come on and get it. Well, come on, lawyer boy. You want a little piece of this? Don't push it, Bundy. There's laws in this town against stealing, not to mention overflowing a dead man's toilet. Thank you. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. All I have left of poor Joe... Come on, babe. The hawk shop's closed at six. We'll send the police for the rest of this stuff. We got a plane to catch to Bimini. God, your relatives are scum. You know, he really did want me to have that watch. What idiot would be so thoughtless as to not leave a will? Do you have a will, Daddy? Well, no, but... uh, I will have one after today. I don't want this to happen to me if I die. I shall gather all of my belongings. I've worked for 25 years. I've lived and I've loved. Later on, I even married. All that is mine shall be divided among you. He also has nothing, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, real quick, do you guys have wills, I guess? Uh, oh, no. Well, the, I mean, the, we don't have anybody else, so, like, if... We don't really need one right now. I mean, if anything happens to him, you know, jackpot. <laughs> um, if- <laughs> I see your plan. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I mean, by default, the, um, you know, everything in goes to the spouse, at least in most states anyway. But I'm in the state of confusion. 
Um, I honestly don't know about Michigan, so that's actually a good point. I should probably look Research that. Research that. That was a that was a good joke, Alex. I don't know if it went through, but that was a that was a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. What do you mean? What state I'm in? State of California. I know where I am, Jack. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> that was a Boogie Nights reference. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I watched it. I don't remember the lines from it. I remember some of the lines in there. The ones that went up everyone's noses. so al has a a record of under the boardwalk because that means what nothing i i guess he would have had uh anna go with him if that dude didn't put his feet on it and crush it on the pillow right right but you didn't answer though do you have a will oh uh no i don't (laughs) alex is like i don't even have a will to live Which means I might want to get a will. <laughs> and here I thought married with children was your only will. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> I don't, come on, Dad. I wouldn't call a 45 of Under the Boardwalk. <laughs> and a baseball card of Joe Nuxall. Nothing. Yeah. Copy of Sports Hijinks on beta. <laughs> He also has his Playboy collection, which is worth, what, 300 bucks? Yeah, Peg brought that back. Okay, uh, Under the Boardwalk, of course, is 1963 song by The Drifters. And Joe Nuxall is probably best known as being the youngest baseball player in Major League Baseball, playing for the Cincinnati Reds from 1944 to 1966. And after his retirement, was the announcer for the team until his death in 2007. Well, and also, 22 years is a very long baseball career, isn't it? I, I No, they, they get less injuries. Man, he must have played third base. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only way you, you last I'm that done. long I'm gonna leave. is if it's like Mo Vaughn or something where they keep you around for, like, novelty purposes. Kind of like Dan on this show. <laughs> oh, my God. Jerry, where would you be without my setups, though? Oh, that's a I'm good, still, I'm a good point. I'm just disappointed, though. I can't even move on from the fact that uh, Jamie just quoted Boogie Nights and none of us got it. Like, I just, like, I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> this actress, uh, Karen Lynn Scott, uh, she's Aunt Heather in this episode, and she appears on Married with Children again in the season 10 episode Kiss of the Coffee Woman as Dina. Why does that sound like a weird giallo title? You are dead on with that. It does. <laughs> I'm going to guess that is a, well, we'll know when we get there because it'll be in the trivia, I'm sure. But I'm sure that the title is a take on Kiss of the Spider Woman, probably. Oh. Well, she's known for Martin, Sledgehammer, Hardball, and The Right Hook, which doesn't even have a picture in the cover of it. So that can't be that great. <laughs> <laughs> It's just there. It's just there with like the film <laughs> image. It's uh, it's yeah. It sells the movie better. It's a mystery. It's like one <laughs> of those movies you would come across if you had to uh, do a segment on bloody bits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she was in Seinfeld, Step by Step, Unhappily Ever After, in two episodes there, as Marilyn and Marilyn. Weirdly enough, and that's about it for her. Remember when uh, Cody got uh, arrested in real life for domestic violence? Whoa! That Whoa! Guy. 
I do. Remember that? I do. Did he do the voice of the turtle in Finding Nemo? I want to believe that he does now. Yeah, now that he did that, yes, I want to believe that. <laughs> hey, how could this possibly be? I've worked for 25 years. I've amassed nothing. Oh, honey, it's not your fault. You could have been rich. You just never had the break. Or the brains, or the skill, or the initiative, or even the mindless charm some get by on. <laughs> Feel better, Snookums? Al, uh, he wants to make a list of all the things he owns, so Peg rips him a paper that's the size of a fortune cookie. That's pretty insulting. <laughs> well, it's even worse when he says, I said everything, and she rips it again. To give him an even smaller piece. Kids... Give Daddy a kiss. He's not dead yet. Well, he's close enough for me. You know what's funny, though? Like, I actually wanted to get into that joke because, like, I sat there and thought about it for a few minutes. Is that joke really good? Or do you guys think that I'm just, like, conditioned to seeing that, like, kind of stuff a million times? Because I saw that coming and I didn't think it was that clever at all. Uh, well, I thought it was clever. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, I didn't I just, laugh out I knew, loud, but... I knew it was coming. Do you know what I mean? Like, even when she ripped it in half again. Like, I could just see how that was going to play out. And I was Actually, like, yeah, oh. me too. But I think it's because we're just we're familiar with That's what, right. with the kind of things that she would do to him. So Exa- Right. Exactly. That, it was 28 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Plus <laughs> that. There's that. <laughs> yeah, with y'all reviewing it constantly, yeah, because, like, for me now, when I watch Married Children, I don't have to, like, look at it with a, you know, detective eye. I can just sit back and enjoy it and then listen to y'all talk about it and laugh at y'all for pointing out stuff that uh, I used to get laughed at for pointed out on the show. <laughs> so, wait, that implies that when you were on the show, you looked at it in a detective's eye? Yeah. He was Jerry Shoedick. <laughs> <laughs> he was part of that name, yeah. I just want to point out that that Shudik is the perfect detective reference for a married with children. Right. Hey, don't you understand this is important to me? How would you remember me if I died tomorrow? As a lover, a father, a provider. <laughs> Come on, Daddy, why aren't you joining in? Well, because you're making fun of me. Oh. Come on, kids. Let's leave your daddy alone to write his will. Gee, I hope I get his toilet seat. Don't be greedy, bud. You're already getting his hairline. (laughs) See? Now we're laughing at bud. Why am I making out a will? Buck, I'm leaving everything to you. Aruba, here I come. (laughs) Uh, Hi, Al. I heard your uncle died, uh... You want to go out for a drink or anything? Uh, later, after you've left. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate that, because I'm always waiting for this best friend stuff to kick in. You know, I, me too. And also, I right now I'm a little bit depressed whenever Jefferson is around, particularly when he's with Marcy, because their relationship at this point is sad to me. Um, <laughs> they're constantly making fun of one another and being mean to each other. And I, at, when it, at times like that, I kind of miss the relationship that she had with Steve, at least in the beginning. How you know, Jamie, I, I have to well, agree. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with Jamie that um, 
Shocker. It, it, I don't know. The relationship is weird because Jefferson's supposed to be more like Al. So you would right. think, uh, you know, being the younger version of Al, the strong man that he is, he would be more dominating in the relationship. But instead, he has to laugh behind Marcy's back because he's scared of Marcy. Like, it almost, like... I feel like Steve had more dominance and control in the relationship as to where, like, you would think he wouldn't. He wouldn't even let Marcy drive his car. Yeah, and Marcy flipped down with shit. But do you think Jefferson's going to be able to stop Marcy from driving his car? No, Marcy will slap him down. But here's the thing, though. I know what you th- you're thinking, but it actually does get better. They do it better as it goes on because the dynamic works because – He's just a pretty boy who's kind of getting through life on his looks, and he doesn't have to do anything. He's basically like the housewife who just never works, never... Exactly. You know, and it begins to work. It's not exactly killing it right now, and they're not really exploiting this idea yet. Yeah. You know, I understand what you mean, but I'm, I promise this will start working. It's, it's really not right now. It feels, it, Jefferson feels a little forced. His comments feel a little forced. It does, like. Yeah, he, he's not really impressed me yet. I gotta say that. Like, now that, you know, we're watching these in order and stuff, and we know how all, everything went down, like, he's had, like, eight episodes where he really impressed me. The rest. They just don't utilize them, and they they're not they're not bringing out the dynamics that we all know and love. So when Al says something like "Yeah, after you leave," it's like, well, I like when you guys are like, you know, like partners and best friends, and you're always up to something together, and this and that. Like, I like that camaraderie. I'm not sure I like that he's talking to him the way he would have talked to Steve, because it's like, well, Al, who is cool to you exactly? You know, like this guy is, but you're just not doing it yet. So it is kind of frustrating to still hear lines like that. And it's like, yeah, well, let's move on from that whole thing and get to where you guys have fun together. Let me ask you something. Hmm. What would you have to leave if you died tomorrow? Good-looking corpse? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Al. I didn't mean to rub your face in it. (laughs) What are you doing? Hmm? I'm making out a will. I have lots of material possessions. Oh, hey, Joe Nuxall. We used to make little boats out of these and sail them into the sewer. Hey, I, yeah, now. I, unlike you, have provided for my future. No, I was just thinking, you know, something else to leave behind. Something that, something that identifies Al Bundy the man. Uh, you've got plenty. I know that. Could you give me an example? Hey, you got all those gold teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the one Bud found? Like, was he Flava Flav? (laughs) Flav or Flav? Yeah, gold teeth. I'll never forget when I met him in the airport. That was gold. Like, literally just gold. Like, he dropped his bag to throw his arms up and say, Flav or Flav, back to me. Because he's Flav or Flav. Did you look at? Did you see what time it was when he was looking at? <laughs> he didn't. Did you see if you were late for your flight? He didn't. No, no, no. I was a janitor. Janitor, <laughs> dick. <laughs> and, and you were a football star in high school, weren't you? I mean, I wish my kids could grow up saying I was a football star. Well, well, they will, because obviously I'll lie to them. But <laughs> Jefferson will lie 
to his kids about being a football hero. So that's kind of just as good, I guess, right? Like, I loved that line. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. He's like, you know, well, of course, you know, of course, I'm going to lie to him. <laughs> yeah, like, wouldn't it be great to be known as like an Al Bundy without having to do all that stuff? <laughs> I, uh, uh, sure, I guess that's as good as experiencing a great life. Yeah, <laughs> works for me. Did Al experience a great life? To him. He experienced a great <laughs> moment. For like two years or something. My mistake was I was looking at my life in the present. I should have been looking at my life pre-peg. Yeah. <laughs> my football momentos. Yeah, that's what says Al Bundy was really here. Yeah. I get pegged my old football jersey. Good old number 33. It'll be good for her because that's how old she can tell her next husband she is. <laughs> Then I can give my old MVP trophy to Kelly to go along with hers. Although, although for the life of me, I can't figure out how she got a football trophy having never played the game. So Kelly has a football MVP trophy. How'd she get that? Do you think it's when she was the soup girl in the locker room? Yeah, most that's valuable prostitute. I meant player. <laughs> yeah, we all know how she got that. And, you know, don't forget that the football team retired Peg's jersey. She had yeah. to take up her mother's mantle. Maybe Kelly's like the Susan Sarandon of the of Polk High School. <laughs> if anybody ever saw um, Bull Durham. Bull Durham. No. No. Jamie, well, then- yo, killing it with these references tonight. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she's like that dude. Uh, who's the guy who did Monday Night Football for a little while? <laughs> Oh, no, you're talking about Dennis... Uh... Dennis Miller. Oh, yeah. my God. Jamie's dropping references like Dennis Miller tonight. Jamie goes deep with these. <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> she's, she's cultured. That's, she I'm old. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm old. <laughs> Just don't reference beaches and we're good. <laughs> so, Al wants to leave Bud his game ball from the game he scored four touchdowns in a single game. Now, as good as that might seem to Al, I can't imagine Bud will be, like, thrilled to hear that. <laughs> right. You know, that's what he's getting. But then again, I, I, I guess I'm wrong because later on in the episode when it's mentioned, he seems to want it. When Al wants to give him that, <laughs> like, he doesn't really just want to, like, give it to his son, Bud, as, like, a thing. No, he just wants his legacy to continue on for his for his memory to be, um, you know, like very relevant, like when he's gone. So right. it's less about actually giving it to Bud and more about <laughs> just Al. <laughs> and I think Bud only wants it because he thought he was going to get it and then it's taken away from right. him. So at that point, <laughs> he, he's just like, wait a second. I Like normally, yeah, if you were just straight up given to him, of course he doesn't want it. But now that he can't have it, right. it's right. like it's it. like girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is what I shall leave to my only son, the carrier of the Bundy seed and name. <laughs> and from the looks of things, the last. <laughs> he shall get the most special thing I ever had in my life. It's perfect. Where is it? Uh, oh, I give it to some cheerleader I was bundifying at the time. <laughs> So I'll get it back from her. <laughs> I love that. Now, Alex. <laughs> yes. How, how often in high school were you bundifying the ladies? Not much in high school. I got to say, everything kickstarted for me like right after. Is that when you got your Mustang? 
You're such a jerk. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason. They were like, well, he has something, I oh, guess. Oh, I know so. it wasn't the only reason. They probably stole your Michael Myers short film. Wow. Yeah. This guy's on fire. <laughs> you ever get hit with a red bucket? <laughs> yeah, I hit him over the head with a red bucket, and it's knocked. They had concussions, and they did it with me. Well, the greatest I've, I've literally heard you use Oh, that because their vision before. was impaired. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like beer goggles. <laughs> And they thought 40 minutes was two hours, so I bet you were amazing. Oh, you should have heard the stories I went around town. Every, they were lining up in my door. Uh, hey, what was the size wrench you used in that again? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the sailors in Kelly's room. They all took numbers. It was amazing. <laughs> so, Sandy Jurgensen's <laughs> her <laughs> Such a great way to start a sentence off. Uh, so Sandy Jurgensen. Uh, so um, now Bud wouldn't really be happy to get that ball, but I would. But uh, I guess that's because I don't expect anything. So to get that is like a big deal to me. We had something very special between us, me and uh, whatever her name was. <laughs> hey, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you remember the name of that cute little cheerleader I was so crazy about before I got drunk, woke up, married to you? <laughs> Yes, I do. In fact, I remember this rhyme that everyone used to say about her. If you want to get drunk, get some brandy. If you want a social disease, just call Sandy. <laughs> Sandy, Sandy Jorgensen. Thank you, Peg. <laughs> Why do you want to know? Huh? Oh, well, no, Peg. Uh, Jefferson was wondering who my second favorite girl in high school was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wish I could remember who my first favorite was. <laughs> so what if she's unlisted? This is about a football, damn it! A man would give me the number. Hello? <laughs> you just spent 25 cents on a phone call to retrieve a football worth 10 cents to leave to your son. Although I know a pigskin will forever remind him of his dad. <laughs> There's just one thing I want to know. Oh, uh, sure, Marcy. The part with the cubs go in the front. <laughs> Jefferson laughs at the cups joke that Al does to Marcy. That and was pretty it, funny. Yeah, it's it's the classic thing though where he laughs behind Marcy's back, and as soon as he turns around, he's like. You better watch it, Al, if you want us to keep coming over here. <laughs> uh, present company excluded, of course. <laughs> you better watch it, Al, if you want us to keep coming over. Like, it was such a funny, like, added line instead of just uh, turning to him and he just, like, acts serious. Right. He's defending her honor when she's looking. Sanity into your quest for the holy fail. But if you seriously want to find this person, then why don't you call a detective agency? I mean, there are some that specialize in finding missing persons. She's beautiful and resourceful. <laughs> well, I went to one once to find an old boyfriend. Six feet, good looking, and a perfect ten, if you know what I mean. Ten, if you know what I mean? What could she mean? Three foot nine with a ten foot. <laughs> yes, Dan. Yes. The tripod. <laughs> His ponytail. 
<laughs> oh, he had a cool Steven Seagal ponytail. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Those two words shouldn't go cool and Steven Seagal. Dude, don't go there, man. I gotta. I, I hate to say it, but I gotta agree with Dan Chase on this one. <laughs> okay, Jamie, come on. I could depend on you, right, to make this fifty-fifty. No, because no. <laughs> I just had to watch two Steven Seagal movies for Colossal Collection back to back, and I gotta tell you, I am. Wow, you're so lucky. I'm no. I am not. I've never been a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. The, the blood, blood bank. bank. That's right, baby. That was one of the greatest movies ever made, Hard to Kill. Man, you guys, what is your gauge is way off today. Oh, oh sorry. Let's watch Boulder Ram. Do you ever notice how floppy he is when he's doing his like when he's doing his martial arts, like when he's he's doing his whole like I'm centering myself and like and it, he's like He's so floppy. Just watch him. Just watch him. His That's arms his style. are very floppy. His style is a dog that got its back legs ran over. His That's style. Style. his style. is bad acting. Yeah. All right. Well, a drunken master is a style. And, you know, <laughs> crouching tiger is a style. He's just floppy. He's coming on season three of Cobra Kai. <laughs> he should. He'd set John Cree straight. <laughs> I'm telling you, he would do that stuff he does where he bends your arm backwards. Now, one thing I did learn from Hard to Kill is you never, ever, ever hire a woman in red to watch your – to do any house – Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. To do any house sitting. Why? Because you'll come back and your house and is – your house is destroyed. <laughs> I mean not even just a little bit. It is destroyed. They like drove Jeeps through it, shot it about 875 times. People are crashing through the windows. You know, Marcy's wearing red. I'd let her watch my house. She's responsible. Yeah, she's wearing red in this episode. Well, don't let Peg watch it because then it'll be Steve's roadhouse. And speaking of him. All right, Jerry, go ahead and tell us what Marcy says next. Uh, so Murphy, uh, Murphy, uh, Murphy, Barfy. Marcy is, uh, saying that everyone else was shadowed in comparison to this, uh, six foot tall guy. They're just an empty shadow in comparison. And, uh, when she sees that Jefferson is, uh, getting a little sad, he's got his head down. He's, uh, he's not okay with this. She makes him feel better by reminding him that, uh, Steve was actually pretty close. Ugh. Uh, which is true. These are true facts. We have uh, evidence in a courtroom subjective. that proves this. How is it subjective if it was proven in a court of law? I wasn't even listening to you. I just heard you mention Steve. <laughs> it was actually on tape. They have proof. It, tape shown in front of people. That's that's reviewed by your peers. I'd like to cross-examine that. So you can learn a thing or two? We'll get you. We'll, we'll get back to you on the next episode about that one. <laughs> Listen, R. Kelly, we had a tape of him, but he's running around free. So. Can I turn your face into a toilet seat? <laughs> exactly. Don't go thinking that that tape means anything. That ta- no, trust me. That tape could teach us all something. <laughs> if you would have had that tape in high school, you would have bundified more women. Oh, wow. Well, I, apparently I wouldn't have needed it until I got my Mustang, so what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, you know who, who did it without a Mustang? Steve. Oh, God. He had a Mercedes. Yeah, well, he also had a red Mustang convertible just like me for a minute, and he did get laid in the back seat of it. 
So it worked just as well for Steve, too, pal. (laughs) My ex-husband, Steve, was pretty good. Marcy, uh, you wouldn't happen to have that detective's number handy, would you? Don't be ridiculous. Why would she have it? Sure, do. Right. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. It was just a coincidence that I had it. I have no need of a lost love when I have you. I am great, aren't I? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) What do you mean, sure? Just last night you called me Captain Kaboom. (laughs) Would you have preferred Private Noodle? (laughs) Hey. Hey, I was going to think you're serious. (laughs) It's, It's just a little code we have. Means there's a party in her pants and I'm the guest of honor. That whole exchange didn't make Jefferson look good at all. Yeah, that's, you know what? I was thinking about the whole Jefferson thing. And I think the, re, like, he, he, later on in the series, he does work a lot better. And I think the reason we have such an issue with why he's not working right here is because when you go back to, like, episode one of Married Children, from the get go, everyone feels like a lived in character. Well, we said that back in the early days of this podcast. And Jefferson just doesn't feel fleshed out. They don't feel like they've correctly written him a- as well as they will. So he he's kind of he's just not fitting well right now. But later on, he does, and that's when he re- like people you know love Jefferson and and some people who are are I don't know what's wrong with him think he's better than Everybody. Steve. Oh, and they're absolutely right. But at least in the beginning, though, Jefferson w- was making that illegal money, you know? So at least, like, even if he was being shady and selling people those plots down by the lake, um, then you could still chalk it up to, okay, like, he doesn't do, like, a nine-to-five, but he's doing shady stuff on the side. Uh, he's not that inventive unless you want to talk about the pool episode with Kelly, you know? Wait, were you using his his shady business dealings to prove he's better than Steve? Uh, well, you like I, I just mean in terms of establishing what he does for work. Like this dude's a complete slacker. Like you said, he's like a he's like a stay at home uh, wife kind of situation. He's so, like, he's like a trophy wife, exactly. But at least in the beginning, they set him up kind of like a you know, badass. Like he's at least making he's at least bringing in something. How come Marcy lets him be a trophy wife, but wouldn't let Steve be a trophy wife? Well, that's what I said back then. I said I think there's the haircut. <laughs> Steve's haircut? He was losing his hair, apparently. He had dog food I in I bet hair. Marcy's haircut. <laughs> uh, oh, Marcy's hair. Once Marcy changed the hair, it changed the character? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Like, I thought they were laying down the groundwork for Jefferson's character, where they liked the uh, short stint Steve had as being like a, like a bum who just doesn't work and stuff. And they liked the dynamic, so they like, went with it completely with this. Mm-hmm. They liked the power shift. Yeah. So, and it, it is a, it's a good dynamic. Like I said, it's not really great right now. And all she's doing here, like making him look the, the fool, like talking about other guys and then not even saying there is one comparison, thinking it's going to be him, but it's just Steve. And then <clears throat> saying uh, private noodle. I mean, and then the way he cowers out of there, it's like, that's not the Jefferson that we oh, like. Yeah. His, his weak uh, little, where he tells Allie, like, Oh, that's just secret talk for there's a party in her pants. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just sad. It's just really sad right now, and I'm I'm glad this changes. I'm glad we I'm glad we got Jerry back for this specific episode where all we're doing is ragging on. Yeah, wait. Did you, was Alex? Did you watch the show when they're like, oh, they they mentioned Steve? You know, Jerry hasn't been on in a while. Let's call him. Alex is the John Kreese of Married with Children <laughs> podcasting. Thanks, dude. I'm the Johnny Lawrence. Man. <laughs> You're the Joey Lawrence. So, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's all he does. That's all we know to say after we do this. <laughs> just like Bud Bundy said in the rap he song. He's just he goes, on Celebrity Big That's Brother. what Brian awesome. calls him. <laughs> whoa. Well, he doesn't know his name. So he's like, you know, whoa. <laughs> you guys, y'all need to cut it out. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, hello. Yes, uh, I'm looking for a girl I gave a football to that I scored four touchdowns with. <laughs> yes, I'm Al Bundy. <laughs> Hokai, yes. Yes, I was number 33. Yes, I, I do have a problem with foot odor. <laughs> Pat, get off the extension, man. I'm trying to make a call out here. Peg <laughs> picks up the phone on the other end, and she totally plays Al, which is just a great little exchange. Because <laughs> she, like, brings up things that are so stupid that nobody would know about this guy. But he thinks, yes, yeah, I am the guy who did this. Yeah, yeah. And he's all excited. She's like, you, you idiot. It's your wife. Maybe. How does she disguise her voice, though? <laughs> Hi. Are you the guy who scored four touchdowns? Yeah, wow. How do you know that? <laughs> oh, Al Bundy, you're legendary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He should have fired at the private eye for trying to pry in his business. Dude, I listened to that today on the way home. Yes! Shoot the eyewitness, fire at the private eye, hire to pry in my business. <laughs> Die, bitches. This puppy's lucky I ain't blast his ass yet. Hey, Alec, can you do that Caitlyn Jenner voice again? <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Thad. I mean, uh, Caitlyn. <laughs> I feel, Alex, I feel like Not someone snow. could trick you. If you were calling someone and they were like, wait. Alex from like the Married with Children podcast? I'm like, what? Yeah, you you recognize my voice? Wait, like the guy from Skeleton Crew? Yo, if you if you listen to that Friday the Thirteenth rap, you'll be like, yo, is this a, is this a bonus track on the Marshall Mathers LP? <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if it's that good. Come on now. <laughs> Paul would like you all to gather around the fire. <laughs> like to welcome you all to Camp Blood. It's only time to find out what it's all about. Now it's time, it's lights out, and no one's getting out. Al shows up <laughs> to this chick's house wearing, it's like it's like a Polk High t-shirt t- though, with his number on it and everything, as if, <laughs> like as if kids in high school get shirts of their jersey too, to, to rep that when they're not playing the game. Right. <laughs> like, where do you get that from? Like, uh, you get it when you make four touchdowns in one game, Alex. <laughs> they, they printed one for him. Specifically just for him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing a letterman's jacket. That's funny. Like, God, he really wants to drive home, like, the point that, like, what, he's still that same guy or something? Like, it was 20 years ago. He's so proud of it. No, 25 years ago for Al. I mean, holy crap, he's like 40. You know what's funny about you saying that? Uh, they There's a thing in in this episode where they where she says uh, the boyfriend who dumped me 20 years ago. And they actually like people are pointing yeah. out that that math is wrong. And I think it's just a general. Okay, good, I think it's I just a math. general 20 years ago thing. Like, a, That's you what know. I thought. 
Um, right. Like, you know, you just say 20 years if yeah. it's in the vicinity. You're not going to be like, ago, that was, was 24 and a half years ago, you know. <laughs> right. No, but there is still a discrepancy. So let's get to Your the mom's a discrepancy. <laughs> <laughs> we have, uh, you know, a Married with Children research team for this podcast. Little things that, you know, we don't want to miss anything. We normally try not to miss anything. It happens, though. We have a team of people to make sure that doesn't happen too often. So one of the members, uh, Kevin Pishkin, did some research and he figured this out. Okay. In Requiem for a Chevy a Chevy weight, which is a Chevy, like a car. It's about Alice Dodge the whole episode. I think so. We don't know. What's a Chevy weight? What are, <laughs> how would you know that if I didn't explain that? Al has bought the Dodge, and the flashback first starts with him in the garage with his father, who we don't see his face. Al's father is working on the carburetor. Al tells him he got a job at the shoe store, but it's just a summer gig. Uh, Later, they have, Al and Peggy, in a flashback post-game the night Al scores four touchdowns in one game. So they have a fantasy about the night he did this four touchdown one game thing and he's with peggy and they're in the dodge talking about it it's also mentioned that he supposedly that's supposedly the night that kelly gets conceived in that dodge that was the night that happened Uh now it's changed to sandy jurgensen because she mentioned you know she as, as a cheerleader she was al's girl and she's familiar with his dodge and he gave her that ball from that game. So the question is, how did Al have Sandy as a girlfriend give her the ball from the biggest game of his life when he was with Peggy, who was at that game dating in the parking lot and conceived Kelly? Uh, they actually wrote a song about this. Um, I believe some unknown guy named Jay-Z wrote it. Uh, and the quote is, I don't know what you've heard about me, but I am a PIMP. That was actually written about Al Bundy and not only him scoring four touchdowns, but juggling two women at the same time. That's that's the logical conclusion, though, to that. Like, that's what I thought. Like, and if they ever bring Married with Children back, I would love to see an episode of that night. That would be. But you know what's funny about that is in this show, we see Al uh, be tempted with cheating a lot and he never does it. A lot. Well, maybe he just doesn't after he got you know, solidified married. Maybe before that, he was like, well, I'm just dating. Yeah. But even though after his marriage, like, it seems like he would have every reason to cheat. He he doesn't like having sex with her. He's pretty miserable. And uh, it's not like she can take everything in the, in the divorce. Right. Yeah, there's nothing to take. So there's no risk of maybe he cares about his kids. Doesn't want to be taken away from his kids. Yeah, I think that's stretching it. I, it is I, a weird moral I, line that Al Bundy has. I I think that they play by certain rules. When before they were married, it's pretty much like uh, like Jerry Herring said, uh, you know, Jay Z status. But once they got married, and you start that whole thing with, you, you know what I remember, uh, Alex, right. going back to uh, uh, when he stole that library book <laughs> and that speech he gives at the end. Maybe it's pride in himself that keeps him from doing it. Because in that episode, at the end, of it, he's talking about how, you know what? I might be this uh, shoe salesman, 
Yeah, the whole neighborhood hates me. The, they curse the day I was born. Family doesn't respect me. Yep. But you know what? I get out there, I make my money, and I take care of my family. So maybe, right. maybe it's just a like pride thing for him that he doesn't step out. I, he can joke about it, but he doesn't actually do it. The, the comedy can go as far as you want as long as you don't step over that line. Because as soon as you do, then Al's a scumbag. And you, yeah, stop, yeah. And you stop rooting for him. You're right. That's a hundred. Yeah, he's no longer the sympathetic one. Exactly. Right. You're just like, like, what is this? Like, it's just a bunch of sleaze balls. So I think that they can get away with what they do because they've kind of set up these boundaries, and those boundaries are never crossed. Nice character study, Dan. Thank you. I'll be here all night. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Now, when when you saw Sandy uh, show up on the on the episode, did you like what you see? Uh, I'm still it took looking. Jerry a while to take it all in. <laughs> Sandy? Do you like what you see? Well, uh, I don't know. I haven't been able to take it all in yet. You know something, Al? I think you look even better now than you did in high school. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Uh, you know, I gotta say something about Sandy, though. Oh, she cool. can move. Oh, really? She is very, like, cheerleading didn't completely go to waste for her. She can move around. Uh, she really needs to get laid, and she has the voice of a sex work uh, phone operator. <laughs> sex work. I know she her knows. from Bosom Buddies. Oh. Jamie, you could be a sex phone operator. You have a, I think you have a voice for that. Dude, that's the only reason we had listeners on the skeleton crew. <laughs> Dude, you like I don't know that? I'm trying to act surprised. <laughs> so, Touchdown. <laughs> What have you been doing with yourself since high school? I mean, the last time I saw you, you were taking a summer job as a shoe store man. (laughs) Yeah, you said you wanted to buy some new carburetors for your car. (laughs) Whatever happened to that old Dodge of yours? (laughs) Well, let's not talk about the past, okay? I'm a live-for-today kind of guy, you know what I mean? Oh, you mean we can't talk about your old football days? Well, I mean, that makes you feel better <laughs> so uh she calls him touchdown so that's pretty cool it's like al has a so yeah with, with that though like she's basically like um <laughs> she's stuck in the past just as much as al was so you mentioned that cheerleader thing even though she may have put on a few pounds i'll bet you she still practices do you know what i'm saying like it it very much mirrored how Al felt about himself or his former self. Yeah, she did a dead drop straight onto the floor. She <laughs> she's still practicing, all right. She she was in the mystical video. Yeah, <laughs> she's the one that taught all the dancers and striptease. Danger! Get on yeah, the flow. Get on the flow. <laughs> now Al took a summer job as a shoe salesman. That's kind of weird. Imagine if he was still a oh. Do 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 do. <laughs> that's a great joke though like saying it's just for the summer like how funny is that <laughs> <laughs> and it's 20 years that's and sad. it's for the car you still own oh my god <laughs> can you imagine yeah she goes he was just doing it to, to get a new carburetor for that old Dodge <laughs> <laughs> and then he doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> that's so great watching you in motion back then always made me feel better <laughs> Touchdown. Are you just as good as you always were? Well, I haven't gotten any complaints, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Show it to me, Al. Let me see it. 
it Well, it wasn't, it wasn't quite what it was. I'll be the judge of that. Let me see it. Well, I can't see any harm. <laughs> you still got it, touchdown. Well, well where's it going to go? <laughs> so out does his pose, the whole, you know, arm up Hulk Hogan-esque pose with the football. Oh, no, not with the football, duh. Because, you know, that's like some great thing that all girls are just dying to see him do. But this one's all for it, though. And I like that. I like the fact that she that's actually what she does want is to see him do that. So it's kind of cool that there is someone who is actually impressed by that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I wonder why he stopped dating her. Even though she looks like one of the girls who walk into the shoe store these days. like <laughs> Besides that, she didn't look like that in high school, I presume. So I wonder why he left her and went over to Peg. That was exactly my thought, though. I was like, that could be any woman that that could come through the shoe store. She's, <laughs> she's more into him than I imagine Peg ever was. But I don't think – maybe it wasn't his choice that he left her for him because according to your the thing you brought up earlier – he was with both of them. Mm. So if if Kelly got conceived uh, while he was bouncing between both of them, he just kind of got stuck with Peggy. Wow, this is all starting to come together. <laughs> we actually figured this whole thing out. Now we know why he's with Peggy because, you know, with the way they hate each other, it doesn't really make sense that why he actually married. Because he even makes jokes about being forced to marry her. Yeah, of course. I just think of the writers in 91. They're like, just, just let it go. Nobody's ever going to look that deep into it. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Uh, we didn't even say. Director Jerry Cohen, as usual, writer writer Catherine Green. So Catherine Green wrote this. Now, I'm not holding her responsible because this was actually not – this was not the inaccurate episode. It's just more famous that Kelly was conceived in that Dodge, it doesn't mean that this one, and obviously this one came first. So it's mm-hmm. it's not that this is wrong. And this chick wrote, oh my God. Oh, she wrote 18 episodes. Let's see if she wrote some of our favorite ones. Have you driven a Ford lately? 16 years, what do you get? Johnny Be Gone, Hell, who in the bells? You better, you better watch out. Dead Men Don't Do Aerobics, At the Zoo. Oh. The Unnatural. She knocked out a lot of good ones. Right? Ooh, look who's barking. Yeah, that was a smear on her. Uh, <clears throat> he, he picks the one that's horrible. He's like, I don't like her. Route 66 Part 1, <laughs> I Who Have Nothing, which is what we're doing. She'll go on to do nothing that um comes to mind when I read the title. I only memorize titles after we do these things. But mm-hmm. beforehand, I couldn't tell you what I'm looking at. <laughs> but if I do it, if I review it once, I'll always remember the name. But I can't, I can't do it before that. Hey, did you ever regret breaking up with me right before the homecoming dance? Again, we don't know why, except what Dan put together. Or was that Jerry? Combination of all of us. Okay, fine. <laughs> then Jamie, too. She put it together. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Jamie brought it all together. She's like, don't lump me in with you. <laughs> I'm not a meat between an idiot sandwich. <laughs> you know what I want, Al. What, a huge McNugget? <laughs> I thought that was an odd choice. That That is a very odd choice. I don't get it. 
I I was confused when I watched it the first time because I, I was like, I, I, maybe I just didn't hear what he said right. So when I watched it the second time with subtitles, I was like, oh, so it, it I did hear it correctly? That's that's not good. I can't lie, though. I, I left that wanting a McNugget. <laughs> just just one. <laughs> I could never stop at just one McNugget. We know. I learned in my teens that McNugget is <clears throat> solely for McDonald's, of course, with the Mick in front of it. But, you know, as a kid who didn't care at 16 years old, I used to drive up to, like, drive-ins at Burger King. I was like, yeah, I'll have eight McNuggets. And they're like, <laughs> eight chicken tenders. I was like, ooh, yeah, just get my chicken. <laughs> Did you guys ever, like, um, you know, mix it up with um, several different places? Oh, yeah, McDonald's fries, yep. Yes. So so when you rolled up to that second drive-thru, though, did you always kind of hide it, like, so they couldn't see the bag? Well, when you're ordering it, they can't see, because you're talking into a clown's head. What kind of personal shame do you have, Dan? <laughs> I was like, I don't want them to know that I just got a bunch of little 10-piece chicken McNugget. You know what? They can't even pretend. Like, right. Burger King knows McDonald's fries knocks them out of the park. What are they going to, what are they going to say? They're going right. to be like, give me some. Yeah, they're probably going to ask you to pinch a few. <laughs> yo, yo, let me get a couple of those fries. <laughs> don't don't show my supervisor. <laughs> I want that dance you owe me. Oh, now, Sandy, you know I never danced unless it was going to get some sex for me. <laughs> That didn't open an ugly door, did it? Oh, come on now. At least promise me a dance if our song comes on. You remember Blue Velvet. Well, okay, but only if that song comes on. That's a good one, God. So uh, something that I noticed right here, which is the very tiny difference between my Mill Creek DVD and Hulu, Mm -hmm. is um, right before Sandy turns on the radio for Blue Velvet to play, in the Hulu version, it goes black for a moment, which would be the commercial that it would normally cut to. Yes. Uh, But my DVD didn't have that. Oh, really? Yeah, my DVD, it just played straight through. Like, Hmm. Like it was just a better edit than what hulu has that kind of kills the joke uh yeah it does because i was like i I thought it was really because i was i was just like that's weird and i know it really doesn't matter but i I thought it was interesting so subtitles great for hulu but i guess every once in a while you're gonna see that commercial break where the the black goes in Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh right there that's (laughs) no wasn't that nice, Al? Oh, bodio do. Is he only doing better because he only has to show Sandy what Sandy wants to see? Because, I mean, technically, Sandy's got a nice little place. Uh, it's not ran over by cats, which I kind of thought would happen. Oh. Um, you know, but it is weird because, you know, she's got the football on a, on a, on a pedestal back there, which is kind of weird. Uh, she's a little creepy. She doesn't look like she's doing bad for her life. It's a little sad, but I don't know if it's worse than Al. She comes off a little creepy. She comes off a little Glenn Closey. A little Glenn yeah. Closer. She's too close. 
She may end up tying Al to a bed and putting a wood block between his ankles. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if she was like, are you ready for the pig roast? <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> since we're like talking about her performance as an actress, let's get in, <laughs> let's get into her. Her real name is Wendy Jo Sperber. She was, um, most people probably know her from, Back to the Future. She was Marty's sister. I mean, she had no role in the movie. In the movie, that was her. What? Yeah, she was in Bachelor Party as Doctor Tina Gasco. She was in I Want to Hold Your Hand as Rosie something, and she was in Back to the Future Three. So I guess that's obviously her big thing. She was in Eight Simple Rules. So she hung out with Peg again. Oh no, she never actually hung out with Peg. Never mind. Do you think that when like she went on Eight Simple Rules, she was like, "Hey, isn't that weird that?" I dated your husband in a different show. No, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just can't believe she was the sister from Back to the Future. Yeah, that's all. Grandpa I hit him with the car. That girl? <laughs> like, that's her, right? No, no, no. Oh, uh, I don't know. She, she was just the one that was always sitting around the dinner table and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, and maybe that's how she started looking like this. It did. She should have got up and went to the... She should have went back to the future and grabbed her treadmill. (laughs) Uh, Something weird happened in her life. This is going to be a bummer, but I might as well just say it now while we're talking about her. So, in 1997, Sperber was diagnosed with breast cancer, which seemed to go into remission following treatment. She revealed in April 2002 that the cancer had reappeared and spread throughout her body. And no. by mid-2004, she had undergone experimental brain radiation therapy. What? She continued to work in television and movies during this period, including episodes of An Unhappily Ever After, Home Improvement, Will and Grace, Grounded for Life, and the movies Desperate But Not Serious and Sorority Boys. She died on November 29, 2005, at the age of 47, her oh. her last work was lending her voice to Roger and me in an episode of American Dad that aired in 2006 after her death. The producers of the show renamed her character as Wendy Joe in honor of the actress. So she was in a lot of stuff then. Yo, I love Grounded for Life. Yeah? That's, yeah, that show is really funny. I've never seen it. I, I, you would like it. Yeah. Man. It's up your alley. So when that song comes on and they start dancing, she keeps grabbing Al's ass. <laughs> like, I wonder if Peg would be okay with that. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure Peg's grabbed Zorro's ass, so let's call it even. <laughs> yeah. Then Rock Around the Clock comes on. Um, Ted McGinley connection. Ooh, Ted McGinley was in Happy Days, and that was the song that introed Happy Days. Blue Velvet was originally perform- performed by Tony Bennett. Who cares? <laughs> What's that thing called she does between Al's legs, you said? Oh, when she drops, like, straight to the ground? Yeah. It's called a dead drop. Okay. If you've never if you've never watched, like, YouTube videos of, uh, like, drag queens doing dead drops, that is crazy. Drag queens? Why them? <laughs> what? I was, yeah, I was dude, actually going to say it's that? A, I was actually going to say it's a... It's a big drag queen move. Like, who looks it up? Oh. One of the girls on, if you ever watched Dance Moms, one of the girls was really, that was her thing. She would do that all the time. 
if you watched like the drag queen uh, dance competitions oh my God. Where, where they battle each other, it, dude, it is insane. Some of them will sit there and do dead drops like six in a row. And, and it you're looks just, like it's so painful, too. It just, does. I have a buddy here who can do them, and he's done and he's done it like just in my apartment. He's like, oh, yeah, and just dead drops in my apartment. And I was like, ow, don't do that. Who are you? What do you mean? I feel like I don't even know you anymore. What do you mean? I'm gonna. I'm going to. Sh- I will find the video. No, of, no. of the of the battle they did. It will like, blow your mind. Like I was just. I was listening, but I was like, you know, on my phone real quick, and all I hear is Jerry You're in so the professional talking. Talking. No, I still. I still heard what was going on, but unfortunately, like you really snapped me back into it with that comment. <laughs> like, what is this life? Good job, Jerry. Well, some of us, like me and Jamie, are cultured. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drag queens dropping it on the floor. Yeah, drag queen videos. That cultured you. Okay. <laughs> she throws Al's back out <laughs> uh, by doing this dead drop. Um, <laughs> you know, Sandy, this might be a good time to ask you something. What is it, Al? <laughs> What do you want? My football? Your football? You mean the game ball? Gee, Giving me that ball was what let me know I was special to you. Well, yeah, I know. So could I have it back? I want to give it to somebody else. Well, well. <laughs> and here I thought the guy who dumped me 20 years ago was crawling back. <laughs> I should have known. All he wanted was his football. Well, all right, Al. I'll give it back to you. On one condition. Oh, all right. No, no, the moment has passed. I was just... I guess I was just kind of remembering how you and I used to play catch with it at the park. Could I at least throw you one last pass just to remember the good times by? Well, sure, if it'll help take the edge off, you know, watching the big guy walk out of your life for the second time. <laughs> can you still lay it in there anywhere you want to? I sure can. Can you still catch it anywhere I lay it? I sure can. <laughs> All right, then. Go on. <laughs> and right away you hear the audience like, oh, no, because... <laughs> That's when the camera starts panning. He starts kind of leading, you know, walking slowly to the far end of the room. You see the patio, the terrace patio doors wide open. And that's another thing. This show is like infamous for that. Yes. Anytime someone comes into the Bundy house and just leaves the door open or leaves the Bundy <laughs> house and leaves the door open. You know. You know there is a reason. No. <laughs> Well, see, I in that situation, I have to say they actually did get me because I didn't expect him to go over the balcony. I thought she was just going to throw the ball over the balcony, right? And like you'd hear it like get hit by a car or something like that. Like I was expecting it to end badly, but I didn't expect it to for him to go flying over the balcony. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I wonder if you drop a football off the Empire State Building, will it pop when it hits the ground? Please, I bet someone's got a YouTube video on this. We need to find him. (laughs) 
I no, I'll bet you it would just go smack like at that speed. It would just land flat. Yeah, like it has. Does to. it matter if it's a regular football or like a deflated one oh, that's used you by quarterbacks? Up. So, uh, like if Tom Brady were to throw, yeah, a like no. if Tom no. Brady. No, I I know a sports reference. And Dan's that's his favorite guy. Well, no, this reference, then, if you take away every single passing yard in that game, we still would have won just by running it. Hey, that's fine. Go get you uh, a massage. Oh, yeah. That's a double one because there's a massage in this episode. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, we yeah. got it. Okay. <laughs> look how, look how good I am. What's this we sport. stuff? Where, have you been on the Patriots the whole time and I never knew? It's, <laughs> I know nothing about football unless someone does something bad. <laughs> so Al catches the ball, goes out of the balcony. You know, I that's how I thought Mr. Miyagi died. Like when they did Cobra Kai, I thought that they were going to bring up how he died because they never did. I thought he was trying to catch a fly with those chopsticks and then <laughs> the fly like went out the window or something. <laughs> and he followed? Yeah, like a 10-story building. <laughs> he was killed by a giant king cobra. I saw that movie. Yeah, there we go. Jamie's got my back. These references are just out of hand. King Cobra is fantastic. It has one of the best special effects. And Mr. Miyagi straight up fights a giant King Cobra. It's amazing. How ironic. (laughs) Right. Oh, you're right. (sighs) Man. (laughs) Don't you think? So Al comes home. (laughs) Al comes. See, that, that is ironic, though. That's the only difference. That should be in the song, but it's not. No, that the whole point of the song is that the song isn't ironic. That's why it's <laughs> ironic. It's yeah, like 10,000 spoons when all you needed was two chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> and a fly. <laughs> yes, son, this ball means everything to me. Not that you and what's-her-name and what's-her-name haven't brought me great joy. <laughs> but I'm glad we're talking here alone, son. I don't want the others to be jealous. Well, there's no need to whisper, Dad, because uh, they heard you were coming home from the hospital today, so they went to a movie. (laughs) That's good. That's good, son, because we can have this private moment together. Oh, I did a fun thing for y'all. Let's play Guess Movie They Went to See. I have a list of of possible movies that were in the theaters at the time. Jerry... That's awesome. This is amazing research. Now, I did erase some because either they were foreign or they were so most likely straight to DVD VHS that I didn't include them. And I didn't want to have a huge list. So here we go. Here's your movie options. Samurai Cop. My Girl. The Addams Family. An American Tale. Five Goes West. That is just for you, Dan. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Cape Fear, Hook, JFK, Father of the Bride, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, <laughs> Bugsy, The Last Boy Scout, Critters 3, and just for you, Jamie, Strays. Wait, so this hey. is in 91? Uh, yeah, no, okay, so I did this based off the... Uh, I don't think Dick Samurai Star- Cop was ever in the theater. I know, but <laughs> I'm going to talk about Samurai Cop. Hey, crowbar that one in. 
Yeah, so I did this based off the production date of December 16th and the release date of December 22nd. And I took movies that came out in the second half of November um, and then movies that came out uh, all the way up to December 22nd. Unbelievable. This is great work. <laughs> but I, I, did, I did all this work. I legit want to know what y'all think they saw. Uh, Father of the Bride. Good choice. Oh, Adam's family, I'm guessing. He before can't that. see without his glasses. Uh, uh, before Adam's, m- my girl. <laughs> yeah, that I. Yeah, that's. Or my American Tale, Five Goes West. Well, unless Kelly asked them to go. Did Five find any gold when he went west? <laughs> yeah. I assume they went to go see The Last Boy Scout because Peg thought it was a stripper movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen him before. He was with it. He was right. He was on right after Zorro. <laughs> The last boy. Yeah, well, he wasn't a construction worker? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly thought it was maybe somebody she missed. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah, all, the audience has to tell us, too. In the Facebook group, I want to know what movie you went. You think they saw. <laughs> Back to the Future. Not, not an option, but okay, Dan. Sure. Part two or three? <laughs> no, one with the sister. No, she was in three also. Oh, she was? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought... They could have gone to the dollar movie, which means they were seeing second-run movies, which oh. means it, it opens it up a little more. All right, All right Jamie, let's not push it. How much work do you want me to do? Seriously, now. <laughs> Slacking. This guy just can't catch a break on the show. <laughs> I went through hell to get this ball, but it was worth it. Because now I'm going to leave you, my only begotten son, my Joe Knoxall baseball card. <laughs> What about your football? My football? Are you insane? <laughs> I'm going to leave this to the only one I truly love. Me. <laughs> well, bud, I'm going to be buried with all my football stuff. Which Steve uh, Jefferson bent, so it's actually worthless. <laughs> Which, I gotta say, why would you do that? Like, why would you take a card that he's obviously deemed as something worthy in his life and bend it. How much of an idiot are you? <laughs> why didn't Al punch him? Maybe that's why Al doesn't like Jefferson yet. <laughs> well, he was ready to punch uh, that lady for trying to take the watch. <laughs> yeah, and he did. He threatened to punch uh, Sandy if he, she didn't get her leg off of him. <laughs> yeah, he did. Hey, you're hurting me. So why is he threatening to punch the women and not Jefferson? He's He's got the looks of a lady. <laughs> he has the hair of a lady. Let's get that straight. <laughs> so Al will be buried with his ball and they will all get a Polaroid of him posing with that ball and it says to my beloved family and beloveds crossed out and it says have a nice life and that's what they'll be getting instead <laughs> we just got done reviewing I who have nothing so how many times are you insulting Jerry during this podcast oh. out of Hold up. I come on here. I do all this research for you. I I bless y'all with Steve. And this is how if I if you're gonna keep treating me like this, I'm gonna come back for the next episode. And you're gonna have to deal with me even more. I'm sorry, Jerry. I apologize. I take it all back. Wow. Dan's really apologetic. Okay, well, how many times are you insulting Jerry out of five for this episode, Jamie? Ooh, I'm gonna say I'll insult Jerry four times. Ooh. 
Not nothing against you, Jerry. I love you, but but you really liked <laughs> but, it. Uh, I did. I really liked this episode. I think it was fun. The um, now we've of course came up with some things that could be deemed just discrepancies or whatever. But overall, I think it was a, f- a fun episode. It was nice to see Al actually have someone who really was still interested in him, and you know that's who let him relive his glory moment. That was cool, and um. Yeah, it would, there were some really funny, solid stuff. Like I, they had some really nice jokes when uh, Marcy and Jefferson were there, and just, uh, I think it was just you know kind of firing on all cylinders. It's pretty funny. Nice. All right, four out of five. Dan, how many times are you insulting Jerry at, <laughs> for this episode out of five? I mean, honestly, though, there's not enough hours in the day if we're just going by that basis. <laughs> I mean, I, and I wish our rating scale went up to 50. Yeah, exactly. Even then, I'd still give it a 75. But uh, no, in terms of this episode now, what's the name of this episode? I Who Have Nothing. Okay, for this episode, I got nothing. Like, this, I did not enjoy this episode, to be perfectly honest with you. Did I enjoy uh, this episode, like, and talking about all the aspects of it? Absolutely. But. Overall, um, watching it, I just I was not feeling it at all. Hmm. So I would I would probably give it like a two out of five. Oh, it just it was not working for me at all. <laughs> but like I said, I had fun and I like uh, I appreciate all the work that Jerry did. <laughs> and how we noticed like the two TVs on the table and the and the, the second version of the you know the the second cut right. of Mary, which like all these fun little tidbits. But as as an episode itself, and, oh, and the boogie nights references, love those. <laughs> but in terms of like just an episode, I just wasn't feeling this at all. So two, but infinite amount of insults to Jerry. You do realize this is the lowest yep. rating ever besides the other one you gave a zero to. And dude, I <laughs> Which was? Which one did I give that? Was that uh, Top of the Heap? Top of the Heap, right. Yeah, well, that deserved it. But um, yeah, no, I just wasn't feeling this at all. Like, none of the jokes really worked for me. Um, nothing. Just nothing. I got you nothing. Know- I, I, when I heard y'all's review at Top Thief, I was just like, I can't believe that an episode got a worse rating than the Ferguson Toilet episode. Oh, don't say that, man. <laughs> people don't like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it. People got pissed about that. <laughs> I still get pe- I swear to God, someone wrote to me like t- a month ago about that. Bottom of the pile is just the worst episode <laughs> ever. <laughs> Steaming pile. Yes, it is. Um... <clears throat> Well, there you go, guys. That's about the worst rating we've received um, ever, besides the one that we sort of don't count because it's top of the heap. Totally because Jerry was here. <clears throat> Leave your feedback on what you think of Dan's rating in our YouTube channel and on our Facebook group page where we post the show in the comments. Leave what you think of Dan's rating there. It's, Come it, at me. It's amazing. What you got? I never heard anything like this before. Um, so Jerry, uh, how many times are you going to insult yourself for this episode out of five? So I will say while this episode doesn't strike as much conversation as like, there's not a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode. It, it, it's, there's not much to the episode. It's well, we spent an hour and 20 minutes not talking to each other. <laughs> we spent an hour and 20 minutes making references to other shows. <laughs> we want to talk about anything but this. 
Uh, in fact, our biggest conversation in this has to do with uh, them pulling an X-Men and rewriting things said in this episode. Oh, man. One of the best cartoons ever. But, um, yeah, they this, this is – but I don't think, like, Dan does it. This is the X-Men 3 of the series. <laughs> the last stand. Of, of, of this, yeah. Uh, I actually gave it a 3 out of 5. I thought it had some funny stuff. Um, I think the worst one – the worst bit about this episode, my bias aside, is Jefferson. I don't think he really worked in this episode. But other than that, I don't really have any complaints. I wouldn't go back and rewatch it anytime soon, but <laughs> – I didn't think it was that bad. It's it's average. Maybe if this was me reviewing back in my, you know, season two days or season three days, I probably would be as low as Dan. Really? Wow. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. But I Dropping reviewed stuff. Long. I reviewed Married Children a lot harder back then. Right. Now, just, Jamal, I, I, this is a vacation. I get to come in and pop in and annoy Dan annoy dan and and that's it like i don't have like i'm not sitting here scrutinizing everything because i've been watching the show every week taking diligent notes tons of detailed notes like i used to so it's easier for me to enjoy it and now i get what because alex used to tell me he would be like uh jerry you're going a little hard there buddy and now (laughs) i get it because i don't have to go hard now i can just watch it and be like yeah that was funny i don't know jerry you went pretty hard today (laughs) (laughs) What was your pick for the movie that came out the same year that they went to go see? Well, no, he went hard on the research, not on the critiquing. <laughs> I, I, I went hard on the research. I always go hard on the research. I always try to right. – if you're going to have me on, I'm going to bring something special. Nice. Absolutely. No, no, just to clarify one thing though in terms of uh, the X-Men reference, this is uh, less less stand and more X-Men origins. Oh, that is so messed up. Wow. Ooh. That's about as bad as The only guess. good part of X-Men origins is when they use that footage for Deadpool Yo, 2. Does that mean uh, <laughs> top of the heap is uh, Wolverine? <laughs> yeah, oh. the Wolverine, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, sticky, sneaky, sticky. That was a yeah. deep cut for, for Dan and Alex. He's saying this is Wolverine origins when they, when they release it with the green screen. No, I. But I'm saying that this is the Wolverine, the movie that Dan convinced you Just to leave watch. it alone. No, I know, I know. Just leave it alone. Oh wait, what was your actual rating? Uh, three out of five. Three out of five. Yeah, <laughs> I. I'm shocked by all this. Um, now I'm not saying this is amazing or anything. I also just give it a three. I th- I think it's just okay. It's like wow, I rated this higher than anyone else. I know what happened. Uh, I think all the references jacked her score up. <laughs> it was a Susan Sarandon thing. Yeah, she's rating this based on the other things she thought of. <laughs> she's like, you know, this, this made me think of a lot of cool crap. <laughs> she rated this episode that we're doing right now as opposed to the episode we watched. <laughs> yeah, um, it, you know, it was a cool premise in the beginning, stealing from the dead guy and all that. The lady coming back and getting her stuff, that wasn't very funny or anything, didn't add much. Uh, him realizing he has uh, nothing was funny and stuff, and the stuff he was leaving was remotely funny. And then, you know, there's some historical value here, like, wow, the, he thought about the game ball from the four, the classic Al Bundy four touchdowns in one game. That's historic for fans. And there's a ball, like, we actually got to see the football from that game. In at least in the in the world of this, you know, it's obviously <laughs> that ball did nothing in real life. But you know, in in the in the world of Mario Children, we saw the game ball. 
You know how you see pictures of people like posing with the World Series trophies and stuff? <laughs> I could see I could see Alex at a convention like posing with the ball. <laughs> it is so You're saying jacket. this episode has historical reference but not much hysterical reference. Um it wasn't hysterical, no. No. Marcy berating Jefferson, I didn't like that at all. I thought he came off terribly and it and I don't I don't like to see him put down like that um so that wasn't cool and then going into sandy's apartment and that whole exchange you know it it was kind of interesting to see somebody who's trapped in in 19 you know whatever it was um just like al it's like none of these people have moved on and now that i'm watching cobra kai i almost feel like the whole world is stuck in high school (laughs) like everything (laughs) i watch all anybody cares about is what happened in high school so that's kind of weird timing but, you know, it wasn't hysterically funny in there either. It was just odd and weird, and it was kind of cool. It was kind of entertaining. And that's it. So, you know, it's just like, I like it. It's fine. I don't think it's amazing, though. Right on. So tune in next week. The mystery of Skull Island. Bud will do anything for his woman, even if it means going head over heels. <laughs>